and one, two, three, four, five. Welcome back to the Team CJ Podcast. We are on episode 97. I got it right. People might be confused because last time I said we were on episode 95, the live one where Blue is in America. That was, in fact, episode 96. Yes, back in the good old days when Blue was in America. Back in the good old days. I honestly... That was that was an incredibly fun week. It was uh, having you guys over here. Yeah. Also, like it, you know, it, it was great having like the pe- other people living in the space. What, what are you? You're making faces. Sorry, I'm staring at myself. There, I don't even got your view up. Hang on one second. <laughs> Actually, I think your camera's good. No, there you go. Um, yeah, so, no, it was fantastic. Uh, we got to eat your food, drink your drink, and you know, uh, make. Uh, make make a mess yeah we also made videos and went around and did activities but we already yep. talked about that in the last podcast so we're not gonna rehash it took a shit in the garden oh shit I didn't tell you that did i he didn't do that oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah those videos are, are coming along nicely though the, the video of us actually having the podcast yeah it's fucking infuriating up. right because it's like episode 94 90, no 95 Four views, <laughs> episode ninety-six. Yeah, we're at 30. thirty-four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's going well. Yeah, and then we've got the Moulin Rouge good. one coming up, just to tease uh, mm. what's going to be coming out soon. Um, yep, but well, yeah, look, truly, truly dead inside because <laughs> I think it was after I'd, I think it was, I think we've woken up. I it had a the... little bit of a hangover, and then I'd started drinking Bailey's. <laughs> It was the last day before we left, before you guys left too. Like we yep. recorded the Moulin Rouge one just mm-hmm. before you were, we were about to head to the airport. Yeah. So I look like a piece of work. <laughs> um, anyway, though. Um, yeah. You yeah. said you've got some stuff to talk about this week. You've been eager to have this podcast because you've, uh, you've seen some things. You've, you've I, experienced I've seen some, some things. things. Yeah. Uh, no, I got home to England and I was like, oh, I'm bored again. I'd play a new game. But, I mean, so I spent an extortionate amount of money on the latest Digimon game. Oh, the Digimon visual novel. Yeah. Digimon Survive, which I thought beforehand I played. Before I played it, I thought Kaiser. I think Kaiser would like this. We discussed this, and Kaiser was like, "Well, it doesn't really look like my kind of game." And I was like, "Oh, come on, it's a visual novel. You fucking love that shit." True. And now that I've played it, I I. I, I still think you would love it. Well, but not for the normal reasons. <laughs> yeah, I, you've, you've told me it has quite a dark story. And um, I, yes. am, I am a fan of like tragedies. I'm a fan of kind of the more like morally gray or darker storylines. <laughs> I, I find them very entertaining and compelling. I will say the beginning was very slow because it was like every anime you've ever watched. That is to say, there are kids in school. They go on a school trip. Something is happening in the area with the school trip. Teachers being very irresponsible. Kids are walking off wherever the fuck they want. (laughs) Um, And they walk through a tunnel and they're in a forest that they don't recognize. Now, this is like an hour into the game. At least it was for me because I was actually reading the fucking dialogue. My mistake. (laughs) Which you you should No Digimon. No Digimon. First hour of the game it felt like <coughs> but you're gonna say something i was gonna say that's the beginning of uh spirited away the miyazaki it's the beginning movie. of every animated 
No, Spirit of the Way. Like, she, she goes through a weird tunnel in the forest, ends up somewhere odd. She goes to a, you know, spirit Ugh. world bathhouse. Anyway, sorry. Uh, well, they go to a spirity temple thing uh, in there, and they're like, there are pictures on the walls, and there's an old dude who's like, I'm a scientist of made-up shit. Um, and, yes, yeah, so they then get attacked by shadowy creatures in the grass. Um, which, for some reason, some things you can only see by looking through a camera. Which is very Japan horror cliche at the moment. Yeah, oh, what's that game? Fatal Frame. There's a series the of games. The girl in the school. Well, yeah, but, yeah. No. There's a series of games called Fatal Frame, and the whole okay. idea is you're, yeah, you're a schoolgirl going through like a haunted mansion, and you can okay, you have yeah, to get pictures cool. of them with a camera. I've not seen any of that game, but I know of it. Anyway, other than that, it's a completely redundant tool, and to be honest, you could easily get through the game without using it once. Uh, it literally just gets you bonus loot. Anyway, so. You finally get confronted by a monster, and the monster is a Gotsamon that looks pissed off and makes weird fucking noises at you. It then basically breaks someone's legs. <laughs> Jesus. Um, it doesn't break them because the person's still walking, he's fine after a little while. But uh, yeah, and then everyone. I feel like. The, the, in trying Got to find their friends. Go on. I feel like in Gatsumon culture, that's just like light flirting. Mm. There's a lot of evil Gatsumons. They really fucking hate Gatsumon in this game. Isn't he's he's the little mini ogre guy, right? He no, that's Goblimon. Gatsumon is, is the, the little fucking rock guy. Yeah. Okay. He's not even that like we, we, scary. He's just a pile of fucking rocks. We've had this exact. We have conversation on the stream Next multiple order. times yeah. when we've been playing Digimon because I keep thinking Gatsumon is the little you know guy with the club. Yeah, no. Um, but no, so you fall into a chasm in the earth and you wake up and everyone is gone. All the Gatsumon are gone, but you're still in the same place. And you keep walking. You find a school, and school. Uh, you go in there, you find a first aid kit for someone, and then suddenly you're stuck in the school, there are cobwebs everywhere, one of your friends gets kidnapped by a spider that is then going to eat her, and so you're walking around a haunted school area, like crawling through vents and stuff, to try and free them. Uh, also, like, the Agumon and all that shit appears. Now, that was the first part of the game, and I'm not going to go into nearly that detail for the rest of the game, because it would take me fucking forever, and I still haven't finished it, and, but, every decision you make from then on, even just talking to people for no fucking reason, like, you know it's like a point and click, where you can choose whether you want to talk to people or not, Yeah, you better fucking talk to them, you better fucking talk to them if you want a good ending. Holy shit, right? Just going up to them and being like, Hey, do you like apples? Great! Positivity up. Good for you. Um, it's the Mass Effect crew syndrome. Like, you've got to, you know, baby all of your party members. Yeah. Otherwise, they're going to die. If you horribly. weren't there, yeah. Very quickly. 
And uh, the combat's fun. I do quite like the combat, actually. But for a person that likes playing games, there's not enough combat for me. But there you go. There's a lot of talking. What you there's um, just quickly. Th there's another visual novel series that I, I kind of feel like would fall into the same genre. Um, yeah. The Utawaru no Mono series. They, uh, I don't have any idea what it means in English, but they have actually released them on Steam. Right. Um, and, you know, they have been up to, I have the original Japanese one, but it only goes in like 800 by 600 resolution. It's, it's tiny. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so uh, that series also has like a grid-based isometric combat and then also tons and tons of dialogue. And you have to talk to people and check in and what you do on yeah. that determines certain things that'll happen later in the story um just well so you're going about your adventure we sort out things in the school and we set out and we're like right let's go find whatever the fuck we're looking for right some way of getting back to the human world and walking along and they're like hey there's a random lady we've never met before who is like an adult and she just seems completely normal and at ease in this place uh, and uh -oh. one guy in your group completely doesn't trust her and thinks that he kidnapped that she kidnapped his sister. But this other dude in my group, right? This other fucking dude who was an annoying whiny bitch from the beginning. So I did my part not to talk to him as much as possible, <laughs> right? He starts going, "Mommy," and it's like it's not his mother. Everyone knows it's not his mother, and he's oh God, being he like, snapped. "But, but, mommy," and. She's like playing into it. It's really fucking weird. It's like. <sighs> is it meant to be creepy as fuck or? It is meant to be creepy as fuck. Okay. Uh, like he is actually infatuated with this woman and is calling her mummy. And. Then she like turns into a, a, a giant fucking spider, you know, as they do. And tries to kill everyone. And he, the one who was infatuated, or whatever, like, falls off a fucking bridge. And I don't mean, like, a little bridge. I mean, like, you know, in, in, in Goes into Westerns. a gorge. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and lands in a river, and he's completely fine. And it's alright. It's like, oh, shit, okay, cool. Uh, he's got Wormmon as a partner, by the way, which, honestly, Wormmon, even though he's the only one that can't speak, pretty fucking cute. You wouldn't think of... Oh, uh, not Wormon, Kunamon. Okay. Uh, and he, so he stands up from after falling into the river, and he's like, huh. Uh, and he starts seeing illusions and stuff, and he just walks into the river and gets ripped apart viscerally by a bunch of black hands that rise out of a portal and just tear him to shreds. And then Kunamon vanishes... And he's just fucking dead. And I was like, oh shit. This was the point where I realised that actually maybe my decisions are affecting the story. <laughs> a little bit. Oh, let me guess, this is the guy you just didn't bother talking to. Well, no, there was, I didn't talk to any of the fuckers that I didn't need to, basically. I was like, right, I'm, train I'm doing it for the game part, I'm training up my Digimon. They're going to be real fucking powerful. It's going to be great. I don't really care as much about the text bit. That's not an option. And then... At this, so at this point, I was literally... I was 50-50% on the fence. I was like... 
maybe that was like the game being like, wake up cool. This is a dramatic game where bad things happen. Hmm. Go wild. Uh, or maybe it's because I was ignoring the eye. <laughs> <laughs> but then I started talking to everyone after that, just in case. And this one guy started being like, he had Lotmon for his partner, right? You know what Lotmon? No. Adorable little brown bunny with giant ears. Oh, okay. In fact, yeah, yeah. we just had him. In yeah, yeah, yeah. Week. No, I do know who you're talking about. Very sweet. Personality, very sweet, very apologetic for everything and cutesy. Every time that Lotmon opens her mouth, this, this pretty big dude is like, Shut up, you fucking animal! <laughs> like, constantly. Every fucking time. And he's like, the easiest way to piss him off is just the moment she opens her mouth to say, to apologize, to do anything at all. He's just like, shut up, you stupid thing. Sorry, and is this her partner? This is the guy, so it, one of the older guys, his partner is Lotmon. Yeah, yeah, so it's, it's, it's Lotmon's partner that's yelling. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And... And I'm like, God, this is really fucked up. And it gets worse. And then we're in a sewer, right? And we go into a level. Lotmon is there with this other guy. The guy looks like Joe, kind of. Okay. From, from the animated series. And Joe, he's just repeatedly kicking Lotmon in the face. Jesus. Just, it's just bam, bam, bam. And then, unsurprisingly, Lotmon does the equivalent of Agumon turning into Skull Greymon. He turns into like uh, this giant evil rabbit thing. Hmm. Uh, punches this enemy, instantly kills the guy, turns on Joe, and just rips him in two. Uh, like, eats him, rips him in two, Holy blood goes shit. everywhere. And then Lotmon turns back into Lotmon, then gets consumed by the black hands coming out of the floor. It's so fucked up. God, I do need to play this game. Yeah. Um, it felt a lot like... After that, I will say, no one else has died since. So there's that. Um, in terms of Digivolutions, what happens is... There's the wild Digimon you catch, and then there's the partner Digimon. The partner Digimon always start a battle as their rookie form, right? Hmm. And then on turn one, you can evolve them into any fucking Digivolution you want, as long as they've unlocked it. So they want the anime version of things where you they, they Digivolve in combat. Like... In the combat, yeah. Okay. But the wild Pokemon are, stay as whatever you call them as for the whole battle. Okay. Which late game means that you can have, like, ultimates just from the get-go and... Oh, when, when your champion Digimon evolve... Sorry, when your heroic cha Digimon evolve, they lose mana each turn that they're evolved. But the regulars don't. Anyway, it's a lot of fun. I still haven't finished it yet because there's a really long dialogue bit I'm on at the moment and it is draining me. <laughs> uh, That's visual novels. Like, they, they don't tend to end quickly by any no. means. And it is very depressing, a lot of it. Um, so I think you'd love it. I actually, I, you know what, um, I, I won't lie. 
as you're downloading you were... it right now. No, no, no. I just I added it to my wish list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not super cheap. And if you have any dysphoria, this is both the audience. If you have any dysphorias, I wouldn't recommend picking it up. It touches on some quite dark topics uh, in the psychological horror genre. Um, and I don't want people to get fucking depressed playing this game. But if you think you can handle it, then it's it's pretty fun. Um, yeah, that's uh, that, that's my Digimon Survivor. I still haven't quite finished it, but I'm very close, I think. And I'm probably going to be playing it soon. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe it'll be on the channel. Who knows? We do have a habit of putting Digimon content on the channel. I know. We, we God, that's that's been most of our streams lately. Hmm. Oh, and it's the same age rating as Digimon Next Order. That's fucked up. That is fucked up. Because Dig Digimon Next Order is like, you know, this kind of like, it, it's much more a kid's game. Like, there's some serious moments in it, especially now that the previous Digimon World protagonist, spoiler alert, is in the game. And he, like, seems to actually have his head screwed on right. Oh, But everyone else day. is just a dipsy little, oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, although I will say there was that moment of absolute horror when we briefly saw inside of Giant Nanny Man. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, but that's more of a uh, visual glitch than anything else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll pass the baton to you. Okay. Well, I'm going to talk a little bit about, speaking of games that we've been playing, I know, mm. I, I think I briefly mentioned it on a previous podcast maybe i mentioned it on the stream i can't remember it may have been in in episode 95 um but cyberpunk edge runners the anime on netflix that had come oh, out yes um so it's it's been blowing up like more and more and more ever like i i think i got in on it early because it had just like I was on a business trip and it had, it had just come out and I was in a hotel and had Netflix and that was my entertainment for like mm. the week that I was there. And um, yeah, so I've, it, it's apparently reinvigorated people wanting to play Cyberpunk. I know it did it for me. Because um, yeah. like I played it when it first came out. I, I said this before the podcast started. I was one of the fortunate few that never ran into any serious bugs, no game breaking bugs. The ones I found were funny like Skyrim level glitchy. They were more endearing than anything else and they kind of added to the enjoyment of the game. Um, but I've 100%ed the game like three times now. Like twice on the PC and now I'm close to doing it again on the Xbox. And um, part of that, but they've, they've added stuff into the game to integrate it into the Edge Runners anime too. And... Um, one of the things that you can do is you can actually find the remnants of what happens to the series because the game takes place a year after this anime takes place right and so you can collect some of the items and gear that were used by the characters in the show you can get in contact with a couple of the people from the show That's um cool. they've edited it in a patch it's just like little easter like not easter egg but they're it's not like a whole new side quest or anything like yeah, that callbacks yeah callbacks and it, it ties it together and it honestly I think this was a, a really... Because CD Projekt Red, since the game has come out, have made massive strides to the like to improving the game. Mm. Um, there's At least when I play it on PC, there's barely any glitchiness anymore. Things feel a lot more polished and cleaned up. 
when I first played the game, um, I had a 1080 Ti in my computer, mm. and a I want to say I had a either a Ryzen 7 or an i9 processor in there. I can't remember if I had upgrade. I think I had the i9 in there at that point. So it it wasn't like top of the line at the time, but it was you know it was, it was still a very solid machine. And yeah. I I but I on like high high or very high settings, I had to get like 40 FPS when it first came out. After they'd patched it a few times, I was getting 60. And now that I've, I mean, my computer's been upgraded since then, but I can easily get like 120 FPS um, right. playing it on PC. And on the Xbox, there's no like f- frame lag at all. I'm getting 60 FPS at 1080p. This article is starting to sound a lot like flexing, guys. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I do, I actually installed it on the new streaming PC that we, mm. we built on the screen. Oh, my new streaming PC, yes. You the, remember. You, yeah, the one that we built. So that the one that you used while you were here. Yeah. I want to see how that one handles it. <clears throat> um, but yeah, they've, they've made a lot of improvements, and they've just announced the big new DLC that's coming out for it, uh, Phantom Liberty, which it sounds like it's going to be some kind of like a... The storyline is going to be more like espionage-based, because you, you interact with a, a government institution, and there's apparently going to be ties into kind of like because there are a few side quests that end on somewhat open plot points in the main game are you bringing about liberty in this dlc no so in the cyberpunk universe the well i have i don't know what your actually your goal is i imagine you'll have a few different choices um okay because phantom liberty suggests that you're telling people you're being a liberator but actually you're not (laughs) that's very real possibility because remember this is a dystopian future i don't think they thought that far ahead though i think they thought phantom's a cool word and liberty is like gets people going if it was any other game developer i'd agree with you but this these are the people that made the witcher 3 and there are like all the witcher games are steeped in like such deep lore and everything really does all tie together so I honest I, I I have a lot more faith in them. I probably have also, more faith in this game studio than pretty much any other one out there right now. Isn't Phantom Liberty like a Metal Gear Solid game? Phantom Pain. Do they have another one that's got Liberty in it? They probably have another one that has Liberty in it. I I I didn't really play Metal Gear Solid, anyway. but anyway. Um, yeah, so it's coming out in 2023. They haven't put an exact release date, which is fine. But if it's anything like the Witcher 3 DLCs, it's going to be huge. Because, mm. like, the Witcher 3 Blood and Wine DLC added a whole new country to the game. And, like, it was, like, 20 or 30 or more hours of gameplay. It was basically an entire extra game. I'm yeah. hoping they do the same thing with this. Mm. Um, but that's that's me just being a bit of a fanboy right there. Because... I. I love the setting, I love the city, I love the story, and I had they a ton of fun with the game. The Witcher TV series. I put that more on Netflix. Yeah, the Witcher TV series was but they the didn't first have, season was alright. The first season was good, yeah. Second season I got bored after like three episodes. Yeah. That, even the first season it was good, but they fucked up a ton of the lore. Oh yeah, but to people new to it, they don't Yeah. That it's just a good Sure. Yeah. Well, that's even even though like I'd read the books and played the games, I still enjoyed the TV show. And honestly, I'd, if you're sorry, 
yeah, it just, I just, every time they would do something stupid with the lore, I'd just kind of groan and roll my eyes and then, but it was still an enjoyable show to watch. I mean, the ideal audience is not the people that you've already got anyway, it's the other True. people, so. But the that. thing is, this is something I've been, I was thinking about, because that, that is the logic that goes into that. You know, they're like, they want, I think the Witcher TV show, Edge Runners and the Witcher TV show are actually a good comparison to make in this, this point. Because the Witcher TV show, yeah, the the people who are already fans, they were probably going to watch it anyway. So why make it, well, like, why care so much about the lore, make a TV show that everyone is going to like or something like that? The problem is, you basically, if you do that, you have guaranteed yourself some level of bad press. Because the people who were fans of the series and used to be bugging their friends go like, oh, yeah, play the Witcher games, oh, read the Witcher books, oh, they're great. Now they're going to be like, oh, but the show's shit. You don't and need press so, when you've got sales. But if they're not sell, that's, that's my point. They didn't sell. <laughs> the show tanked in the second season because yeah. they, they yeah, but the first season was great. Is what I'm saying. But Even it wasn't great. Though. It wall. wasn't great though. It was it good. Was. It was good. It was not great. It was okay. nowhere near great. My point is, Edge Runners, they did something that was actually like faithful to the lore. And they made a great show at the same time. And so the people really who were already a fan, now they're going to be out there selling the show. They're going to be like, oh, go watch this. Oh, this is awesome. If and really the new people it. who come in are going to see it. And they're also going to think it's awesome. So you get both. Can I make my snide remark now? Yes, go ahead. If they really made it to the lore, right? Edge runners would have naked t posing people flying above cars. All right, that's not the lore. That's a glitch. That's the lore. That's, that's not the lore. That's origin stories. That's not the lore. <laughs> that's like saying if like the, they made the Witcher TV show faithful to the lore, they'd have Roach standing on top of a house. Roach. One of the his horse in the Witcher. Oh right, right yeah, yeah. One of the more famous uh, glitches from that game was occasionally he'd spawn on top of a house. I, I'm sad. I never had that happen to me when I played the game. And uh, fuck, it would have been so fucking funny if they had it done that, wouldn't it? Hmm. They actually reference it in the card game. In uh, the it, when you play Gwent, there's a card called Roach, and it's just him standing on top of a roof. So that, I mean, they're 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 self aware about it. Um. um but yeah, I, I I feel like Ed, Edge Runners kind of made made me hopeful that maybe anime or tv adaptations or show or movie adaptations of games might work out because i mean arcane was good granted they were working from basically no, no, no. A blank arcane slate. Was amazing it really was i'd put edge runners on the same level honestly no. i would have you I seen i haven't it? seen it but no yeah. no they're on the same level <laughs> Um, okay, I've been watching a TV series, which is really weird for me because I don't generally watch TV, and it's fucking great, and I think you would love it because I feel like it speaks to our relationship, Kaiser. Uh, sort of. So, have you, can't you heard? See the look I'm giving him right now, but go it's, on. It's 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 a smoldering look. <laughs> <laughs> it's a withering look. It's a weary world. Tired look. <laughs> uh, have you heard of a TV series called Ted Lasso? No. Okay, right, here we go. 
it's <clears throat> the premise of it is this American football coach, right? It's American football coach and his other coach who they're, they're like a team is like we're going to England and we're going to teach English football or soccer as the Americans say. Mm-hmm. They have well, Ted has who is the main coach has no fucking clue how soccer is played. <laughs> but he's a coach. And like it's sport, right? Kick the ball. And they 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 very slightly emphasize Britishisms in the show. And he is quintessentially American. Mm. He is very happy go lucky. Uh so definitely not from Boston. Uh <laughs> And it's uh, it's like a, a comedy, basically. Um, but it's also got... When it gets serious, you really feel it. And when there are joyous moments, you feel it. When they're sad, etc. <laughs> but he doesn't know, like I said, many Britishisms. Like the phrases that we use, or mm. even just the terms that you use in soccer. And so, all the fans of the football club which he runs, whenever they're, like, in a crowd near him, they're just calling him wanker. (laughs) Whether they're cheering him on or booing him, wanker. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, so, personally, I'm not a sports fan. I particularly don't like football. I I like games like rugby and stuff, Mm. but... This show is all about football. It's amazing. It's really funny. You don't need to know any rules about football. The characters are great. It's very funny. Ah, oh, it's just amazing. I was, I was about to say, if you actually don't know any of the rules of football, you can empathize with one of the characters. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, the acting is fantastic. And there's one bad thing about the whole thing. And it's a pretty big thing. Other that you can only watch it on Apple TV. Oh well, that show's dead. It, exactly. I, I own it's... one Apple device, and it's that tablet over there, and I got it for free. Uh, like I'm not. <laughs> I don't. I'm not gonna. All right. I know. I know. No one knows what a fucking Apple TV is. Um, I'm quite a, have quite a techie family, so we have one, but. Mm. If this show was on Netflix, which it never will be because it was made by Apple TV, yeah, it would be fucking everywhere. It's so funny. It's so good. Uh, yeah, you know, actually, on on that topic, just a quick, not like side note. Mm. I think that probably either Amazon or Netflix are going to win like the stream wars. You know how like there's. Disney Plus and Apple TV and Hulu and for a while there was that weird one called Quibi. Right. And but I think the streaming services are going to end up being like um MMOs. Cuz like most MMOs start up and then they fail and people go back to playing World of Warcraft. Even if you play them for a while, they go back to World of Warcraft. Most people. I'm saying most people. Because that's the one most people have played put the most time into. And so they just kind of like, you know, I'll play this one for a while. Oh, I really want it to succeed. And then after a while, when it starts to peter out, they just go back to WoW. 
Yeah. I, I feel like that's what's going to happen with streaming. It's like people are going to be like really like, oh, they, they want to support whatever weird one is out there. And they're like, what, they want to watch this because they have some things on it. And then they're just going to be like, I'll just go back to Amazon Prime or I'll go back to... Honestly, Amazon Prime probably has the best chance of keeping going because you get it for free by getting Amazon Prime, which is free shipping on stuff. Well, that's the thing. That is what won the war for me. I have, well, for a start, Netflix has a slightly dodgy history at this point. Oh, yeah. And uh, also, I logged on the other day, well, not the other day, it was a few weeks ago. In fact, I think I probably ripped into them on the podcast for it. And they were like, oh, by the way, next week, we're going to charge you more for your subscription. <laughs> They're like, nope, I'm yeah. out. I, I probably, I was really considering canceling Netflix for a while. Mm. The, the one thing that has kept me on it for like another month or so has been Edge Runners. I've watched that series now three times, like the whole mm. way through. Um, which, again, which is why I'm pointing back to Arcane, because that's the only other series where when I watched it the whole way through, the first thing I wanted to do was watch it again. Yep. And Well, the first series in a while, I should say. And um, this one definitely fell into that same vein for me. Mm. But yeah, Netflix... I feel like a lot of these, these shows that come out, like exclusive to streaming services, they're either like awesome or shit these days. And I think it comes down to the fact that they're producing them but they're hiring studios to actually make them. Yeah. And and so like the Edge Runner series was made by a fairly well-known and accomplished anime production studio. Mm. And then you've got shows like um God. What was that really awful one on Netflix? Yeah, that came out a while back. How about the one where they got a bunch of influencers from YouTube, put them in a house together and recorded them? (laughs) I I forgot about that. I forgot that even existed. Yep. Oh, God. Or they... um... See, they put two influencers like us in a house. We're just doing the fucking weights. (laughs) Oh, God. I'm still doing like ten pull-ups a day over there. Pull-ups and alcohol. That is what it will be. <laughs> oh, God. That was yeah. funny. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if we talked about that on the podcast, but yeah, the the first night we were... The first full night we were in the house after we'd gotten in, Blue and I were drinking and playing video games, and Blue's trying out my pull-up bar, and he he did, in all fairness, like 15 to 20 push-up pull-ups over the course of the night, but the yeah. next day he was sore as fuck. Yeah, not uh, not... Honestly, my arms weren't even the worst part. It was the my back. My fucking abs. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, because you got a brace for the core. Because I was, like, curling up as I went up. And... Yeah. But, yeah. Um, now I feel sound like I'm flexing. <laughs> um... <laughs> you were flexing. Uh... On oh, the pull-up. Uh, Netflix. Yes. It's, um... I say that I've gone off of it. Obviously, I've unsubscribed, but that's not to say that I'm not still using my partner's account. <laughs> it, it's one of those things you really only need. They used to, um, you know, they used to like encourage passcode sharing, but like they actually have like started cracking down on it now. Not very well, apparently. <laughs> no, no. I mean, when when you see like basically, if it's obvious that like fifteen different IP addresses are using the same account, they've been going after it. 
but and that's that's just because the? they were they were losing money. Oh, you say that this account is being used in three different counties and two different countries. That's fair. <laughs> I mean, not doing very well. I I have uh, a VPN that I'll use um, sometimes and. Hmm. Occasionally, if I forget to turn it off, I'll log into Netflix and I'm like, or I'll log into either Netflix or Amazon Prime and go like, wait, where where the fuck are my uh, are my shows? And I was like, oh yeah, I'm currently in whatever region I've logged into. Yeah. I just oh, yeah. remembered a topic that wasn't on my list that we we need to talk about. Oh yeah. I I do I do want to ask so. Since we're back to doing this in the digital format, I want to ask now that we're around 35. The digital world, yeah. Rather than actually being face-to-face. -face, yeah. Uh, are we doing the just single segment format, or are we actually going to do a segment three? I don't know if we... Uh, uh... I feel like we could just keep going with topics and just do one long segment. Unless sure. you have something compelling that you want to talk about in segment three. The only no, reason we do just... segment three is to round out the Rings of Power series, but I haven't finished it. I mean, alternatively, uh, we could just cut it in half, and at the halfway point, we'd be like, and now for segment three added in, before <laughs> we continue with the next topic. Oh, Movie magic! <laughs> we could. I feel like it's that's a little lazy, though. We're just going to keep going with the whole topics. All right, next topic. What? What are you doing? We are a little lazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Go on. Twitter. Have you heard what's been happening? Uh, more, more Musk. He actually bought it. It went through. He bought it t as of today. He is the owner. Okay. It's a bit of a story now, but there you go. You want to know what the first thing he did was? Shut it down. He fired the CEO. He fired the CCO. I think it was, or it may have been the C. Um, COO, I'm not sure which. Um, but he fired, like, most of the chief officers of the company just in the first wave. He was just like, all right, you're out, you're out, you're out. Like, day one. And, well. And it, it was hilarious because, and he is shitposting the whole time. He, there's a video clip that's up on Twitter of him walking into the, the like, the Twitter headquarters carrying a kitchen sink. With the subtitle, we'll let, we'll let that, let that sink in. <laughs> I fucked that line up so many times. And, and yeah, just for the just for the meme, just for the meme. Oh, I, I mean, it was gonna be something, but everything and the kitchen sink. I thought the meme was gonna be. He's also completely locked down Twitter's code and won't and has. So it's currently being managed by the Tesla engineers right now until he finishes the transition to make sure there's no sabotage by Twitter people who are unhappy with him buying the company. And firing everyone, yeah. He did say he was going to fire three quarters of the staff. He's rolled that back and said there will be layoffs, but it won't be that much. Although yeah. from the sort of things that have come out of like... Five-eighths. The thing is like... It doesn't really seem like they work at all. Have you seen the, um, the you know, uh, these were going around for a while. I'm assuming they were on TikTok or TikTok or some other cancerous social media site. But it was these people who are like, I think like mid to early 20s, 
working in like some kind of tech company right. and they're like oh this is my day working in tech in this in, in this location or this location and it's mm-hmm. literally like they get in late they get free breakfast they get free drinks they play ping pong they barely do any work they go out drinking at night and then they go home and do the whole thing over again they put in like two hours of work a day and it that's the good life. <laughs> That's what I'm aiming for. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, if you can, if you can get into that, fine. You know, I respect the hustle. At the same time, I just, why would you post that on social media? Because yeah. every, how could you not see that everyone is going to universally hate you? Who cares if people hate you? You're playing ping pong and getting drunk. That's that's true. They probably did that's it true. while they were drunk. But this is this is the other end of that, is now that the company's been bought, those people who aren't doing any work are probably going to get fired. Probably. Like, but I've I mean, worked they made at a, company... a lot of fun memories while they did. <laughs> I've worked at a company that was fairly, like, big on, like, not pushing people so far. So they'd have, like, work functions where they'd give out free food, give out free mm-hmm. drink, and they'd encourage you to... They'd have, like... Um, what they'd call like a, it was a something something room but essentially it was a room that you close the door it would be pitch black and there was a comfortable chair in the middle of it no that's not what it was for it was <laughs> he's, he's making a motion with his hand that's not what it was for it's called like a i don't know it, not meditation room but basically if you just needed like a break a quick nap you could go in there and Someone use it definitely jerked off in there i hope not I actually, I knew a guy who was like, um, he was, uh, he was, he was, uh, like a, a, a Muslim and he'd go in there to do, cause he had to do the prayers five times a day. So we'd yep. go in there to do that. Um, I went in there one time when <clears throat> like I hadn't, I basically hadn't slept the night before and yeah. took like a, a half hour nap, um, and then came back out and was actually able to be productive in the afternoon. See, um, I would rather have a small gym. I worked at a company that had a gym too. Because you're having a, a stressful life. You can't focus. Your attention's going everywhere except on the fucking screen. What you need right then is a punching bag. Yeah. It's why Stop my workout equipment's in my office. Like, yeah. if I like, feel like I can't focus you know, on the work I'm doing, I stand up, do a few pull ups, you know, do a few dips, come back over here, and I feel like a bit more refreshed. It clears the cobwebs. I really want a punching bag. I mean, I've wanted one for a long time. The pull-up bar is fucking great. I've wanted a heavy bag for so long. I actually have space for it now. It's going in my basement. I'm going to buy one. Yes, you've got so much room down there. Holy shit. Yeah, there's tons of space down there. I'm getting a, I'm getting a heavy bag and I'm putting it in my basement. Sorry, Wait. I'm making plans for your basement in my head now. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, right. no. God, but it's good. one of those things where I just it's funny because like a few months ago, god, it was like half a year ago now. This was just like this massive meme, like always oh, buying Twitter. Oh, now he's not buying Twitter. Now mm. now Twitter's suing him to make him buy Twitter. And um then it actually went through and he's the first thing he does is fire like half the C-suite. Well, they fucking sued him. They sued him to make him buy it. Yeah, which is fucked up. Yeah. Although, that being said, these people are getting fired, but they are getting... I mean, 
at those roles, they're probably getting multi-million dollar severance packages. That's like fucking Amber Heard, right? Hmm. Taking a lawsuit out against Johnny Depp before they had the relationship. <laughs> <laughs> like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You looked at my ass. You gotta fuck it now. Or I'm gonna sue you. <laughs> so, swallow, swallow. <laughs> he said that while I was taking a drink. Oh my god. <laughs> but you see what I mean? I do. It's, but yeah, the whole thing has been hilarious. I've just, been, I've loved watching the whole thing. Because mm. uh, I, yeah, I don't know. It's just been funny. Twitter's always been kind of a shithole. And I'm kind of eager and curious to see what's going to happen now that Elon Musk owns it. Maybe it will be worth using. Indeed. Maybe we'll actually start using the TMZJ Podcast uh, Twitter account again. Maybe. Because we made that. <laughs> we used it for like six months and then dumped it. Well, yeah. It was around the time where I stopped making the thumbnails because fuck me, no one watches it on YouTube anyway. <laughs> yeah. Except when it, we were both there in person. Yeah, then everyone fucking comes. <laughs> it's not a thumbnail anyway, it's a fucking IRL picture. I feel so used. Actually, um, speaking <laughs> of stuff for for the YouTube channel, I mm. do, I'm going to go back to, to flexing with the PC stuff again. Because I do Did I tell it, you that I completed the game three times through? At 100%? That not that one. <laughs> no, that was just me pointing out how obsessed I was with Cyberpunk. I was explaining exactly how much of a fucking pathetic That's not that's not flexing. That's me that's me dunking on myself saying I wasted 300 hours playing this game 3 times in a row. Yep. But um No, no, the um the, the so we made it for editing, right? And for reference when I'm like rendering like a um hour long video, say, like the podcast for instance, yep. on this computer um it it's rendering at around like 40ish frames a second mm. which means that an hour long video will take an hour and a half to finish uh finish rendering the new one that podcast for instance where it was you know us in like live there it was rendering at 120 frames a second so three times faster nice. and so so the entire hour and a half or a little over an hour long podcast finished rendering in like 25 or 30 minutes mm. like it's so it, it's these new like i9 uh, these new intel processors yeah like the 12th generation ones are fucking beastly like holy shit Sorry. all right i've got a, a topic for us to wrap it up on all right go for it let's hear it. D, &D. <laughs> all right get ready for another hour and a half boys oh boy <laughs> let's go oh my god so one of my party members are saying they're going to do a campaign. And this has happened twice before now, and neither times has it happened. <laughs> so I'm going full fucking Mr. Miyagi on this shit and being like, this is how you D&D. To a person who's never DM'd, who really enjoys... Being in my sessions, and I'm like... Roll on, roll off. It's wax on, wax off, but nice... Oh, yeah. I see, I see. Yeah, it's D&D. Nice, nice. <laughs> uh, 
But yeah, they're doing the old the, the thing that every person does before they DM for the first time. They way overthink every situation and plan oh, yeah. out every single pathway, which is impossible. They put in a fuck ton of effort into the backstory, which is really good. But three months down the line, you're not going to be putting in the same amount of effort. So don't go too hard into it. Yeah. And um, they're also the biggest fear of all. Terrified that people won't like it. So the date is getting pushed back and back and back. And I'm being like, no, next week you're doing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because that's shit. the way you've got to do it. Got to um, shit or get off. There's shit or get off. Shit off. Shit or get Beautiful. off the, the. I wanted to say pop, but that's not the right phrase. Like shit or get off the something. To, I see. Basically, just like, you know. I think that was one of Yoda's lines. <laughs> Oh, shit, must you? There's, um... Oh, get the fuck out! Wait, that's Jar Jar Binks. That's Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> Alright. So, but no, I mean, that is that is very good. Because you want to have, like, when you do a D&D campaign, you want to have, like, the world lore really fleshed out in your head. Like, the general yeah. understanding yeah. of the world. Yeah, yeah. Like, that need, you could, that, that's never a waste to, to flesh that out. But no. like the the individual thing, and especially mapping out decisions, that's a horrible thing. Because you're you're gonna end up with one of two things happen. One, the players are going to ignore it, and then you're going to be left with your dick. by that, going, yeah, like so many fucking times. Same. <laughs> and the other and then what I do next happen, time is either make them see it or put it in later. Well, this is the other trap. Is especially for new DMs is trying to like when they they go off the rails trying to force them back onto the rails yeah. that you've planned for because they're not going to have any fun if you do it that way and they're going to well, probably re rebel against it most players will notice when that happens there's, there's levels to it because my part don't get me wrong my party is not i would say so much the average D D party because from our conversation in the past you yeah. have said You've got a really fucking weird party. <laughs> you do. And um, what I meant by you don't want to give them full freedom is because, frankly, if you give a party full freedom, they're going to stand around and be like, don't really know what to do. Yeah. You need to give what, them what some guidance. Yeah. And in, in every party, no matter how experienced they are, no matter how like intuitive they tend to be, they're going to get stuck at some point, and you're going to need to give them a nudge. Yeah. Normally in the form of, like, someone setting fire to the building there, and, and now they're like, oh, we're pissed, we need to get revenge on these fuckers. Yeah, I, Without, I just had somebody try yeah. to rob my D&D party. They, nice. they dug a tunnel they under tried. their... Yeah, they, they dug a tunnel under their uh, manor, and uh, was trying to get into their vault and steal their gold. That sounds like something I'd do. Yeah, and, but they caught them. They did catch one of them rolled high enough perception and was able to hear the the, the mining happen and mm. they were able to stop the people and seal it back up um, but now they're they're trying to they're on edge now which is good mm. you never want well, your D&D party to be too comfortable this is the thing I like to keep my party as close to the poverty line as possible <laughs> I'm okay with my party being rich, but I just give them rich people problems to deal with. Yeah, but that gives now, me anxiety. You know what I mean? Is, 
I I don't. But you, you're gonna have to explain this to me. Okay, well, let's say you have a hundred gold pieces, right? Yeah. No, fuck that. That's pittance for a D and D party. Let's say you have a hundred platinum pieces. Hmm. People either don't know what to spend it on. They don't want to spend any large amount of it because then they think the fear of missing out on something better for slightly more money. Or you're carrying around all of this money and then one day some asshole's going to shank you in the asshole and take it all. So let me tell you about... You, we talked about how weird your D&D party is. Let me tell you about mine. My D&D party currently has in their possession about 50,000 gold pieces. Yeah. What they're doing is investing and improving a business that they've started in the middle of the downtown, making deals with like traders in the town. They've bought a few magic items, but they're they're mostly investing their money. And so I've had to like come up with rules around like how much like food and and drink is going to cost them to resupply the inn, you know, mm. how many how much money they're pulling in from customers each night. Um, and at the same time, because they have this much money, now they're on the radar of the town's like wealthy elite, and some people might be moving in to try and economically fuck with them, and not just you know monsters and stuff. So it's become like a dual campaign where they're dealing with. It's you know that game uh, Moonlighter. Yeah, it's like that where at night they're going into the dungeons and fighting off the monsters, but in the morning they're manning the shop and trying to make sure that everything's good with the merchants and shit. It, it's, it's become that, in a way. I, I tried that at one point, because they were getting particularly poor at one point. Mm. And I said, right, you can set up a business where basically you can... You, you'll set yourself up as a mercenary group, and each day... There'll be new, like, small quests that will be delivered to you from the town council, and they'll say, here are the things that need doing. If you complete this mission, you get this reward. Like a quest board in a game. Yeah. Which is... Sounds great. But in reality, it split the party up. It made the game more like, okay, what's the most efficient way of getting the maximum amount of money in the <laughs> smallest time? Oh boy. And, um. Yeah, it was all about dividing and conquering. Which D&D is all about, in my opinion, is all about being a single united party mm. who doesn't always get along, but they yeah. move around together because they need to. And, yeah, they could upgrade their base and stuff, but at the end of the day, I'm not an artist. Well, I'm not a very good artist. And. <laughs> So, like, all the upgrades they were getting were purely in their heads, I guess. To um, be fair, pen and paper yeah. games, though, that that's what you have to do. Like, yeah. the expectation is a lot of it is going to be in your head. But they've got very bad memory. I've got very bad memory. <laughs> and it, I just didn't, it didn't feel like I was giving enough to them. And also, I was having to come up with, like, four different quests every single session. Yeah. Yeah. You've just reminded me. I had to make up a few mechanics, so I, I use a notebook for mm. D&D and for the podcast and things, so I don't forget these things. The problem is, I'm running two parallel campaigns, and I'm using the same notebook for both, and I mm. have to keep like reminding me, because I've made up mechanics for certain non- 
cannon skills. So like yeah. increasing their proficiency with cooking, increasing their proficiency with you know um, playing chess, increasing their proficiency with a musical instrument. Um, not outside of the that one the perform skill kind of works for, but but basically I, I've I've developed a system in which they level up logarithmically. Do you do you know what I mean when I say that? Uh, no. Okay, so there's an exponential curve where it goes up and then it starts going up really fast. Right. And there's a logarithmic curve where it, at first it goes up very fast and then it kind of levels off. Right. So I've I've made a logarithmic leveling system for those skills. So they will still go up, but it gets you know slower and slower and slower and slower yeah. until finally it, it just kind of plateaus and they really can't get any better at that point. Um, but I've got I've been keeping track of it in my notebook, and so I have to keep flipping back like, oh, when, when was the last time they practiced a skill? What was the number at? And so I I just need to move it to it like an Excel sheet or something like that because it's getting complicated because. <laughs> four of the party have these these types of skills now now that i've created the system that's saying that um because of this new campaign that's supposedly going to happen which i can make happen mm. uh i have made a character for the first time in years mm. who is a uh, dragonborn monk and i was like you know what i would love to do some like you know like when you start a minecraft server and you're like I want to actually learn how potions work, right? And then inevitably it sucks and you hate it. But D&D, there is an alchemy kit. There's a set of culinary tools. There's a whole bunch of different stuff that you can have as items at the beginning, which you start with. Hmm. Which inevitably, no one ever fucking uses. <laughs> because there are literally like no rules around most of these things. Yeah, not, not really. Like... There, I've seen people. I've had people use carpenter's tools, forgery tools, and thieves' tools before. Yeah, because those have a thieves' tools. You pick a lock, makes sense. Mm. Forgery tools. You make a fake document, makes sense. You know, carpenter's tools. I build a chair, or I repair a boat, or something like that. Again, yeah. fairly straightforward. But you also need proficiency in that. You do. Which, I mean, who the fuck is ever going to go into proficiency in, in a non-combat thing in D&D? Unless you've really fucking played a lot of D&D. Some people like to roleplay. And you've made up homebrew rules because there are just no rules for these things. Yeah, not well-defined ones, at least. I, I know no. the character that I've been playing for the last four years in Jesse's campaign, it feels weird to say that, but we have been playing this campaign for four years. Flex! <laughs> it's... We started, well, we play it, like, for an hour and a half, like, every Tuesday or Wednesday. We've switched the yeah. day a couple times. And so it takes a long time to get through that campaign. Um, yeah. I mean, D&D's not really meant to have an end to it all that much. It isn't, but the, this campaign, it's, it's a campaign book we're playing through. And the campaign oh. is supposed to end at level 10. And we're at level 9 now. So we're, we're in the end game. Damn. That's going to be a massive disappointment when it finishes. Well, we already, like, mugged the final boss in a flashback. Like, oh. we, we went to this enchanted, like, back-in-time sort of thing. Where yeah. we sort of couldn't be killed and neither could he. So we just, like, picked him up and threw him in a sack. And tried shoving him through a portal to see what would happen. 
see. Hopefully, we're hoping he doesn't remember that, but he probably will. Mm. Um, uh, yeah. But yeah, I'm super psyched for, for that, if it happens. Like I said, it's been a long time well, since I've actually been a player. And the, the other thing, like, uh, I actually have to check in with, with Duncan about this. He's been running a Gundam D&D campaign. Yeah. And I've been having a ton of fun with that. Uh, so it's, it's it's just a quick three-player thing. He did a homebrew system to start it off with, and it's you know based on the Universal Century Mobile Suit Gundam series, and it's been a lot of fun. I've I've had a lot of fun, you know, the player. And he's he's tweaked things as we go along and as we play through it, but um, yeah, it's very fresh. I've I, I I'm gonna bring it back to this. There's a cyberpunk tabletop game. It started out as a tabletop game. And back in the eighties, and they've just released a new one. Yeah, I want to. I want to try running a campaign in it. I was thinking because you know I've been trying to run a, a horror like campaign, mm-hmm. and I really am struggling to come up with homebrew rules for the combat. I don't want to use the original D and D five E rules because I kind of dislike them. I think that combat goes way too slow. There's, I mean, there's a ton of other things you could try. <laughs> there's GURPS. Um, well, what I was thinking about, what I've been most recently thinking about, is the D&D uh, original board game. Now, in that, you had... You, you could hold a weapon, right? Let's say you have a, a broadsword, and a broadsword meant you rolled these two kinds of dice, and then you could roll anything from on that dice from no damage to whatever damage. You can't... You don't do hit or miss. You just roll a dice, which has a zero on it, so that's technically a miss. Mm. and then maybe there's like a single spot in it which is a crit um, and you just get dice with higher numbers on so it's still like, they're all d6s but one of them has four empty spots and two ones and a two that'd be a d7 somehow uh, and another one has like three fives and an eight or something I don't know um so I was thinking about doing that kind of way. This all, I, I've been thinking like through games in general, and I was like, "Ooh, maybe." Um, there was another game involving cards, which I was thinking about, and I've forgotten what it is. Oh, Dicey Dungeon style. Okay. Kind of a mix of dice and cards, uh, and then I got a migraine, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're going to do a homebrew system, it's probably better to keep it. Simple to Simple. start with. The other thing to yeah. do if you're thinking about hits is think about how um, Warhammer, the tabletop game, how that works. That's originally how I was planning it. And then mm. I realized I didn't know enough about Warhammer. <laughs> I yeah. haven't played the game in a very long time. Because um, they've got like armor and then dodges and then... And then abilities and things. Yeah, you roll to hit and then you roll to hit again... You roll yeah. a lot of d6s in that game. That's all I remember yeah. about it. It's all d6s. Which I quite like. I like that. Because I want to roll a lot of dice. I don't want to roll a single dice. I want to roll five. <laughs> Just to roll everything. Yeah. Because, I mean, my whole party, they, they correctly love dice. Who doesn't love a good dice, right? More dice is better dice. <laughs> And they've got a lot of different colorful ones. Yep, you've got one on your on your desk, your little bowl. In fact, I think of all the players in my D&D room, I've probably got least dice. Because I'm cheap. <laughs> but 
There you go. You accumulate them over the years. Mm. And you can get like a pack. I, I know one of my, uh, my one of the, the players in Jesse's group, who was our DM before Jesse. Yeah. He, uh, and he's, he's actually done some one-off things. He has a, at some point off of some site, he bought like a sack of a hundred just random die. Random colors, random sizes. It was just a grab bag of just dice. That sounds fun. Yeah. I want like a, a ball pit. I'm just dice. Of dice. The problem is, unlike a ball pit, you couldn't really dive into that because they're, they're a bit harder. <laughs> and then the occasional one is a, one of those metal dice. <laughs> like the sharp oh, yeah. edges. <laughs> oh yeah, I got one of those right here. Yep. Which make a really fucking loud noise when you <laughs> They do. I actually yeah. uh, had to stop using that when we... So I got that, that dice. It's years and years ago. Mm. Uh, the friend, when we played it in person, we had a game that we'd play like once um, every month or two. And we'd just go up to his house and play for like seven or eight hours. Yeah. And um, But he had a glass table. So I had to stop <laughs> rolling the metal die. I was afraid I was going to break it. Yeah. Yeah. It had a mat on it, but occasionally it would roll off the mat if I rolled yeah. too enthusiastically. And everyone, like, grips their seat and their buttholes clench. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Alright. Holy shit. But yeah. I think that's that's enough D&D talk, though. Indeed. Yeah. We've, we've run the gambit. Alright. This is going to be the end of episode 96 of the TMG... Oh, my God. Fuck oh that. Oh, my God. You better <laughs> not do that on episode 100. This is going to be the end of episode 96 of the TMCJ podcast. Thank you all for listening. 96. Shit! It's 97. Yes. I can't believe I remember that. You are awful today, man. What the fuck? Hey, I got it right in the beginning. I got it right in the beginning. This is going to be the end of episode 97 of the TMCJ podcast. Thank you all for listening, and you'll hear us again soon for episode 98.